Welcome back to our introduction to apologetics. Today we're going to be considering apologetics and the church, and what we're going to be doing here is just a very brief historical survey. The Christian community of the last two millennia has carried forward the apologetic example that was set by Jesus and the apostles in the first century by defending the faith from intellectual attacks from without and from the constant threat of heresy from within. We can trace an unbroken line of able defenders of the Christian faith that stretches from the apostolic age to the present day. All right, let's begin with the patristic era, which is circa AD 125 to 500. In the post-apostolic era, the Christian community faced several threats as it spread throughout the Roman Empire and beyond. There was, for example, continued opposition from rabbinic Judaism. Uh, there was a Christianized version of Gnosticism that was infiltrating the church. There was opposition from a pagan culture, and of course persecution from a pagan government. And there was a general resistance um, to the faith from Hellenistic culture and philosophy. So Christian believers who defended the faith from these various attacks and sought to persuade the culture at large of the superiority of Christianity were first called apologists in the second century, a name that has stuck ever since. Notable apologists of this er early period of uh, church history include uh, Justin Martyr, Clement of Alexandria, Tertullian, Origen, Eusebius of Caesarea, John Chrysostom, and Augustine. Justin Martyr was a convert to Christianity from the philosophy of Platonism. Justin was a, a prolific apologist of the generation following the Apostolic Age. He wrote several apologetical works and famously defended the Christian community from the false charges and slanderous rumors of atheism, incest, and cannibalism. Justin argued for the civil toleration of Christianity by the Roman authorities. He also sought to show that Christianity was the true philosophy, being superior to that of the Greeks. Without question, the greatest apologist and theologian of the patristic era was Augustine, Bishop of Hippo in North Africa. Augustine was highly educated, and he was a prolific writer who marshaled his extensive learning in defense of the Christian faith. Augustine had a deep understanding of the philosophy of his day, and his apologetic works ranged widely over many anti-Christian views. For example, he produced works against Manichaeism, which was his former religion, against paganism, skepticism, Platonism, not to mention a wide variety of heresies that were threatening the purity of the church. One of Augustine's greatest works with an apologetic intent is his 1,000-page classic, City of God. Augustine wrote this book after the city of Rome was sacked by barbarians. Roman pagans were blaming Rome's downfall on Christianity and on the neglect of the old Greco-Roman gods. Augustine compiled his book as a general defense on behalf of the church against this claim. Okay, let's move on to the Middle Ages. This is circa 8500 to 1500. In the Middle Ages, Christianity had risen to ascendancy in what was left of the Roman Empire, and it enjoyed widespread political favor and popular support. The Church of this period had triumphed over paganism and had absorbed the Greco-Roman culture. However, the Christian faith was under constant threat from several angles. In addition to the ongoing resistance from Judaism coming primarily from the West, there was the new and fast-growing religion of Islam in the East. And in the late medieval period, there also arose 
Certain Arabic interpretations of the philosophy of Aristotle that posed a major intellectual challenge to Christian belief. So some notable apologists from the medieval period of church history include John Damascene, Anselm of Canterbury, Peter Abelard, and Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas was a friar and a priest in the Order of Preachers, or the Dominicans, and he held several teaching positions throughout medieval Europe. Aquinas was the greatest theologian and philosopher of his time, and he did more than any other during this period to address the intellectual threats to the church. Like Augustine before him, Aquinas was a profound thinker and a prolific writer who engaged the best intellects of his age, be they Christian, Jewish, Muslim, or Greek. Aquinas was the great synthesizer who took the best of Greek philosophy as well as the best of Jewish and Muslim thought and pressed them into the service of the Christian faith. In the process, he produced what is arguably the most robust philosophical and theological system the Christian church has ever known. Aquinas's primary contribution to apologetics is in the various philosophical arguments he gives for the existence of God, as found in his most famous work, the Summa Theologia. Um, these are arguments that are often just referred to as the five ways. Aquinas was also responsible for the reconciliation of the philosophy of Aristotle, which was being rediscovered in his own time in the Christian West. Uh, the, he reconciled Aristotle with the Christian faith. Aristotle's philosophy, especially as interpreted by some Muslim philosophers, presented a crisis for Christian thought in the late Middle Ages. In response, Aquinas composed a massive, multi-volume book called the Summa Contra Gentiles, in which he answered the anti-Christian Arabic interpretations of Aristotle, and argued that Aristotle's writings, when properly understood, support the Christian faith. All right, let's move on to the pre-modern era, uh, circa AD 1500 to 1800. This period of church history was marked by many challenges facing the Christian West. First, there was the Protestant Reformation, which further divided the church and helped to spawn political tension and wars in Europe. This period also witnessed the scientific revolution and the emergence of modern science, which revolutionized our understanding of the natural world. And these developments and others ushered in a new age of reason in the West called the Enlightenment which uh, led to the radical reshaping of intellectual life and philosophy, which in turn shook the foundations of post-medieval Europe by challenging all authority claims and institutions, especially those that were political or religious in nature. Now, prior to this age in the West, most Europeans took the truth of Christianity for granted. But in the 17th and 18th centuries, the preference and deference given to Christian belief was eroded by a barrage of attacks from secular critics who were now publicly challenging the reasonableness of the Christian faith. The intellectual landscape of Europe was further secularized by the rise of a new kind of philosophical skepticism in the 18th century. In the face of these new challenges, the church, both Catholic and Protestant, continued to be defended by able apologists throughout this period who utilized the new developments in science and philosophy, to argue for the reasonableness of the Christian faith. Some notable figures who engaged in apologetics in this period include Hugo Grotius, René Descartes, Blaise Pascal, John Locke, Gottfried Leibniz, Samuel Clark, Joseph Butler, Thomas Reed, and William Paley. Many Christian philosophers during this time were rationalists, 
who utilized the tools of human reason and the rationalism of the age to argue for the existence of God. Two rationalist philosophers especially stand out here, René Descartes and Gottfried Leibniz. Descartes, who was French, and Leibniz, who was German, were exceptional mathematicians. Descartes, for example, discovered analytic geometry, and Leibniz discovered the calculus at the very same time that Isaac Newton did. Both men were famous and highly influential throughout Europe and England, and in addition to their many intellectual endeavors, each developed sophisticated arguments for the existence of God that appealed only to the principles of reason. William Paley was an Anglican clergyman in England, and he was a highly influential and popular preacher and apologist in his day. He developed an, a famous argument for God from the apparent design in nature in his widely read book, Natural Theology. He also made an evidential and historical case for Christianity in another very popular book at the time, A View of the Evidence of Christianity. The two philosophers who were primarily responsible for the radical skepticism that gripped the West and helped undermine Christianity in the 18th century were David Hume and Immanuel Kant. The impact of the skeptical philosophies of Hume and Kant on the intellectual climate of the pre-modern world was enormous, and these guys helped set the stage for the radical decline of Christianity in the West that was to come. I'm calling the modern era that 200-year period between the year 1800 and the year 2000. The religious skepticism begun in the Enlightenment and given philosophical expression in Hume and Kant continued into the 19th and 20th centuries. Western societies became progressively more secular, and there were a growing number of voices that were hostile to the Christian faith. Several developments in this period further contributed to the erosion of Christian influence on the intellectual climate of the West, including, for example, the Darwinian theory of biological evolution, uh, higher biblical criticism that was coming out of Germany and which questioned the authenticity of the biblical test, theological liberalism with its anti-supernaturalist bias, the anti-Christian philosophies of existentialism and logical positivism. And in the later half of the 20th century, we had the rise of postmodernism, as well as religious pluralism. As with all previous ages of the Christian church, able-minded apologists came to the aid of the faith to counter these intellectual attacks. Included among them were men such as the old Princetonians, Charles Hodge and B.P. Warfield, John Henry Cardinal Newman, James Orr, G.K. Chesterton, C.S. Lewis, Edward John Carnell, Stuart Hackett, Norman Geisler, and R.C. Sproul. Especially influential in the 20th century was C.S. Lewis. Lewis was a professor of English literature, and he held teaching positions at both Oxford and Cambridge. Lewis spent much of his years as an atheist and converted to Christianity only later in life. Now, what made Lewis so effective was his ability to communicate the truth of Christianity in a clear and plain way. He's probably most famous for his Chronicles of Narnia novels that contain obvious allusions to Christianity. And during World War II, Lewis gave a series of talks over the radio for the BBC, which were designed to show the reasonableness of Christianity to the British people. Transcripts from these talks were later edited and included in his most famous work, Mere Christianity. In addition to Mere Christianity, Lewis wrote several other works that have all become classics of Christian apologetics, works like Miracles, The Screwtape Letters, and The Problem of Pain. 
One of the most prolific defenders of Christianity in the late 20th century was American philosopher, theologian, and apologist Norman Geisler. Geisler authored or co-authored over 100 books. He produced hundreds of articles and participated in dozens of debates. He also co-founded and served as president for two major institutions dedicated to the task of Christian apologetics, Southern Evangelical Seminary and the International Society of Christian Apologetics. Geisler also personally discipled, mentored, or taught many of today's most prominent apologists. In the 20th century, there also arose a distinct approach to apologetics popular among American Reformed denominations within Protestantism called presuppositionalism. Presuppositionalists are uneasy with the classical notion of apologetics and the use of reason and evidence to demonstrate the truth of Christianity. Instead, presuppositional apologists think that the apologetics task should only serve the negative function of showing the inadequacy of opposing worldviews. Prominent presuppositionalist apologists of the 20th century include Abraham Kuyper, Cornelius Van Til, Francis Schaeffer, Carl F. Henry, and Greg Bonson. Unfortunately, much of the last hundred years of apologetics in the U.S. has been preoccupied by the intramural debate between presuppositional and classical apologists. All right, finally, we have the contemporary era, and I'm just saying it's from the year 2000 to the present. In the present day, the, the Christian church faces many intellectual challenges from all corners of modern society, a society that is growing increasingly hostile to the faith. Today, the total secularization of the Western world is nearly complete. There's also a widespread belief that science is the only or the only trustworthy source of knowledge about reality, a view known as scientism. And the chief rival and the greatest threat to Christian theism in our time is the atheistic philosophy of scientific naturalism. The growing intellectual hostility towards Christianity in the West was especially on display in the first decade of the 21st century, which saw the rise and rapid growth of the new atheism. The new atheism was an anti-theistic movement led by the so-called four horsemen of the new atheism. There's Richard Dawkins, who's a biologist, Sam Harris, a neuroscientist, the late Christopher Hitchens, who was a journalist who passed away in 2011, and Daniel Dennett, the only philosopher of the bunch. For several years, these guys held the attention of many in the Anglo-American West, gaining many followers and even becoming celebrities, especially Dawkins and Hitchens. These guys produced books, published articles, made media appearances, spoke at universities and conferences, and engaged in debates. Yet today, the new atheism has all but fizzled out as a unified and cohesive movement. And one reason for the rapid demise of the new atheism as a cultural movement was the powerful apologetical response made by the Christian community in the U.S. and in the U.K. When the new atheism came on the scene, the Christian church in the West was already in the midst of an apologetics revival. The public assault on the faith brought about by the new atheists only served to further fan the flames and led to an apologetics explosion within the Christian community. The number of Christian intellectuals making a public case for God and defending the Christian faith in the 21st century is simply too large to list. We are living at a time in church history when the Christian community is blessed with an embarrassment of apologetical riches. 
over the last 30 years or so, hundreds of books have been published and a mass of online content has been created. There are also today hundreds of ministries dedicated to apologetics, not to mention a myriad of podcasts and YouTube channels. And there is now a growing cast of Christian universities that are offering graduate-level degrees in apologetics and philosophy. Although there are many influential apologists on the scene today, two in particular deserve special mention because of their impact at both the popular and the scholarly level. First is the English philosopher Richard Swinburne. Swinburne is Emeritus Professor of Philosophy at the University of Oxford. Swinburne is uh, universally recognized as one of the world's leading philosophers, and he's written a highly influential and important trilogy in defense of theism, the coherence of theism, the existence of God, and faith and reason. Swinburne, as I said, has been massively influential uh, at both the popular level and at the scholarly level. And of course, we cannot talk about apologetics today without mentioning the indomitable William Lane Craig. Craig is an American academic philosopher and theologian who holds PhDs in both philosophy and theology. He has authored or edited over 30 books at both the scholarly and the popular level, and has debated the world's leading atheists, agnostics, and skeptics. Like Swinburne, Craig is universally recognized as one of the most influential living philosophers. He's also the founder of perhaps the leading apologetics ministry in the world today, Reasonable Faith. Hands down, William Lane Craig is the greatest living apologist and one of the greatest apologists the church has ever produced. In a great triumph for the intellectual receptibility of the Christian faith, the new atheism has all but come and gone, while Christian apologetics is still going strong. In fact, due to the avalanche of apologetical activity over the last several decades in the Western world, this era of church history can rightly be designated the age of apologetics. Never before in the history of the church has there been this many able and active defenders of the faith, making a reasonable case for Christianity in the public domain. 